Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 130 of the Eve's Drop Podcast. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Upstart Honey Trade Coffee and Curology, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them later on, on the podcast. We have the behind-the-scenes uh, superstar, never wants to be on camera, but now he's going to be on camera for a full hour. But you, say, you you don't like to be on camera on YouTube, but you're on HBO Max. How What's, what's the disconnect there? Sorry, Paige yeah. Reed, uh, general manager. Wait, what is what is your uh, your your actual title? Uh, director of player and talent management. Yeah. So the do it all is what I the 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 do it all is what I call. Or so what's the what's the, what's the disconnect between you not wanting to be on TV on YouTube? The disconnect is like this is my job, like my day to day. But then on HBO Max, it was with my friends. We're cooking. It's not like attention's on me yeah and not that attention's on me it's on you this yeah. is your show yeah but it's just it's it's different well they see me all the time so the attention is on you that's this the, the like not helping yeah that's, <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like when you're you don't you I, I don't foresee you getting nervous after being through like that sort of like production well there was one sh one episode of that show where i just didn't show up because of i just i was like busy and then i it was the second show. Okay, hold on. Let's let, let we're just talking about a show and we don't know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Uh, the show's called Selena and Chef on HBO Max. Selena and Chef. Yeah. And it's uh, Selena Gomez. Yeah. Who is a friend of yours? Yeah. Who invites you as part of her crew to learn how to cook? Yeah. You, it was like a show she picked up during COVID where she basically zooms with a chef mm -hmm. and some of her friends um because of covid yeah and there's mm -hmm. like eight cameras in the kitchen which also helps all the cameras are like hidden mm -hmm. so it literally just feels like you're making a meal with your friends yeah so i was on two seasons and how many seasons are there total already uh i think they're filming the fourth season so i was on season two and three season two and three yeah. um what when when she asked you to do that were you like nervous of of, of like being she on tv she didn't really ask me it was very like low-key it was during covid it was actually during the huntsman so mm -hmm. i was working remote in la mm -hmm. and we i would go over her house constantly so since i was already going over there it was yeah. like hey just plug four hours of your day mm -hmm. and do this show with me so it was it was an easy yes just because it was so convenient awesome all right well let's uh We'll get to, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I want to make sure that everybody understands, like, you know, who you are, where you come from, and how you got to be, like, in the thick of it here at Optic. So, uh, early days, where are you from? So, I'm All from, um, this is really weird. So, I'm from Vallejo, California. Um, grew up there. Uh, I'm the youngest of four blood siblings, and then I'm the second youngest of seven siblings. So, my mm -hmm. dad remarried. Uh, so we have a pretty huge family. I'm super close with my siblings, especially my parents. Um, and then throughout high school, I played volleyball and basketball. But during like high school basketball season, I was playing travel volleyball. Mm -hmm. So it was like go to school. And then I had uh, basketball practice right after school till like six. And what then high I, school did you go to? Uh, St. Pat Patrick's St. Vincent High School in Vallejo. Um, and then right after volleyball pra or right after basketball practice, I would go to volleyball practice from like six thirty to nine thirty. Mm -hmm. So it was like 
day in and day out, which is like playing sports year which, round. Uh, out of the out of the two, which one's your like your true favorite? So basketball was my favorite. I played it since I was in second grade. But then around like seventh and eighth grade, I kind of got like burnt out from it. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing volleyball in eighth grade. And then that's when I started playing like competitively, like outside of high school. And then I pl- I went on to play. I didn't get recruited to play college volleyball. Okay. Like I didn't get like a scholarship right off the bat, but I like played a bunch of tournaments and so I would email coaches and they wouldn't come and I would email coaches and I wasn't like a six foot seven outside hitter. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was a super like you walk in a gym and you see me right away. Um, because of what? what do you like because volleyball players, especially if you're I was an outside hitter, mm-hmm. but I was like an aggressive outside hitter. So I wasn't like a hitter that like went up and like bounced the ball. Yes. I would like strategically like hit it off someone's hands or yeah. like I would place the ball well. Um, but a uh, college called Cal State Fullerton, which is like by Anaheim, I was talking to the coach and she was like, yeah, you can come out and play. So, she, so I went to college, played volleyball, but I walked on the team. Mm. Yeah. And when when you're uh, when you're playing in these travel games, do you record like is, was somebody recording you or how would you get in your, no. your tape out there? Well, no. how, how did, were people scouting? Not, I mean, yes, 100%. But back then, it was like, it wasn't something that I had, like, easy access to to just, like, film. Um, I had, I didn't start playing. It was also really expensive to play on, like, the top-tier teams. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like you just go in and play. You have to, like, pay for uniforms. You have to pay, like, every time you go to a tournament, the parents have to pay everything. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, the really expensive teams, um, like also had like the video crew and like yeah. the team I played for originally. Yeah. And it wasn't so much the money, it was like the location. Like in Vallejo where I was from, there wasn't a lot of teams in the area. If so I were to travel, play travel. a lot of people think I'm from LA mm-hmm. where I'm not from LA, but if I did live live in LA, there's so many volleyball teams mm. where it should it would have been easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. why 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 do people think that you're from LA though? Because because whenever we go to LA they act like like Hitch always says, I like walk different when I'm in, yeah. <laughs> which is so stupid. <laughs> it's also true though, uh, and you are the plug. Anything that we need to get, we do. So, um, is it true, as I'm reading here, some of your factoids that your jersey got your high school jersey got retired? Yeah. What was explain that? Um, I don't know. I was in college. I think it was my sophomore year, and we were coming. They invited me to come back to the alumni game, and yeah. I was like, Yeah, sure. Um, so I went. But then one of my current college teammates came with me. Um, I can't remember if it was a surprise or not. But at that event, they retired my jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like this big old thing. I mean, it's hanging in there now. But yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. It says Reed. Yeah. Did your coaches call you Reed? No. I can't remember what they called me. I think my one of my club coaches, which is what they call like the AAU teams, mm-hmm. he called me Reed. Mm. But he more so was like saying it sternly like yeah, preparing yeah. me for college yeah yeah because that's what they were gonna call you did yeah, they yeah. eventually call you that in college i can't remember what they called me i had a ton of different coaches one in one in which my freshman year of college uh his name was mike g mm-hmm. he recently watched one of your vlogs and okay. like texted me and was like yo optic and yeah. i was like it's just crazy how it comes Shut full up, circle coach yeah yeah so all right so let's uh let's fast forward a, a, i mean let's that's not you know, go over the fact that it is you were a D1 college athlete. It wasn't you, you weren't just playing volleyball, you were actually playing D1 uh, college. And how tall, 
How tall are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm like just shy of 5'10". So 5'10", so you're you're actually tall, so you're, yeah. that's, is that why you preferred volleyball to basketball? or? No, it was just more so like, it was new to me. And so I knew that if I was going to play it in college, mm -hmm. I liked the, I was just, I wasn't over basketball, but I had been playing it since I was in second grade. I was like ready for a new sport. And mm -hmm. actually when I was, when I was a senior in high school, my college coach didn't let me play basketball my senior year okay. because she didn't want me to get hurt. Now, did you graduate college and, and you finished all your term and yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did? So, yeah. So I, my junior year, I was actually, so at the end of my sophomore year, I was about to transfer because mm -hmm. I really wanted to go to Pepperdine, which is like this like beautiful school in Malibu. Um, but it was just like so expensive and I wasn't one of those people who could like go to college and get like an academic scholarship where mm -hmm. everything was paid for. Um, and then once my coach, yeah, look at how pretty that is. That once is my gorgeous. coach heard that I was leaving, then they gave me a full ride. Mm. So, so I, you, I, so my college wasn't paid for my freshman and sophomore year, but I got a full ride my junior year. Okay. So and then you ended up finishing it at, the, at that one school. Yeah. Never transferred. Do you ever think about going back and no. What, were your, what, was, what was your master? Sorry. Uh, I had a, I was a communications major with an emphasis in public relations. What does that mean? Like, basically, if you hear, like, man on fire in Dallas, it's, like, the headline and then the story below it. Like, okay. that's the kind of stuff I worked on. Ah. Yeah. So this, like, esports kind of fits into that narrative, right? Like, kind almost? Of. Kind of. So, so how did you end up like, uh, like after college, you, you had choices, right? Like you obviously could have gone to different places. What, what, what made you choose video games and esports? So I actually graduated and then I interned at this social media agency in LA where they did like a ton of, uh, celebrity social media platforms where like, I won't disclose any names, but like we had clients where like, it's hard, it's upkeep for like talent to like post on instagram every day like you probably know how that is like it's yeah. a it's almost like you have to like post a lot and you got to work on content but if like if someone isn't constantly doing content whatever you get it so we basically did their instagram from the ground up like if they had partnerships yeah. we made sure so like a joy worked. like a joy exactly update. so i interned there my senior year in la mm -hmm. so i would drive twice a week from orange county to la like twice a week was it a paid internship or no so you're just for free yeah, and then when I graduated, I they gave me a job, but it was such a startup that they couldn't take me full-time, mm. so I did, like, part-time, which leads me to your question where I was there, and I loved it, but I also was away from sports for so long that I kind of wanted to get back into it, and I also wanted a full-time job. Um, so I remember eating dinner with my dad, and he, like, pulled up the ESPN app because, like, I get alerts when, like my teams are playing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was like, pretty soon there's going to be like a section where like esports is on there. And I just thought that was so fascinating because yeah. for me, like I grew up around sports. My dad works in sports, my brother where no one worked in esports. And I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how my, cause I didn't like, I didn't grow up, you know, going and playing like video games after school. Mm -hmm. I already had that like filled, you know? So, um, so once he kind of told me about the esports, I like was super interested. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Obviously, like uh, as as you're, it, it's it's more about competition, right? You're, you yeah. you miss a competition that sort of leads you down this path about also competition, not necessarily sports, but electronic sports of some sort, and uh, and 
like you said, your your dad and your brother are are in the sports industry. You guys are a very sports oriented family, from uh, from what I can tell, right? Your yeah. brother is like six two, like a big dude, like a tank dunking, like with no problems. <laughs> I was so impressed, by the yeah. way, uh, when when we were out there. But did that sort of guide you? Like, is is that something like you? Like, ah, I'm a, I come from a sports family. I gotta go down that route. Kind of. I mean, my sister, like my other sister Olivia, she's also like a state champion in basketball. My other sister was really good at basketball. Really? Um, yeah. So it's kind of weird to say like, oh, my jersey's retired, like in my family, because my other siblings are, if not so much better than me. It's just the time and mm-hmm, whatnot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, super sports focused, and like even when we don't want to be, it's we always come back to it. We're yeah. just also super competitive. Well, who's your favorite team? Basketball. I grew up, my dad had season tickets just because of his work. We always went to Warriors games. So I was like a huge, like, Michael Richardson fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's his name. Yeah. Michael Richardson. Um, (laughs) And, like, Monte Ellis. I remember, like, waiting after the game to, like, take a photo with him. But, yeah. That's that's obviously a good transition into, like, how you actually got into it though right so obviously your dad said you know this is going to be in, in in espn one day i think by that what, what what around what year was this i think it was like this it was like january 2019 so in 2019 by now so this was like before like the inaugural overwatch season mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all when all those yeah. i think seasons started. yeah yeah i think i think it wasn't wasn't esports i think esports was already a part of of espn but they weren't getting what it was until they started to see the amount of views that they were getting online yeah. uh you know in comparison to other sports like uh pickleball and yeah. all these other weird ones right and then when they started adding poker to espn and when they started to add like all of these different uh, like hunting and stuff like that like outdoor sports then it made it a little bit more easier for people to understand that hey at the end of the day it is going to be something that 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 goes through as you can see on the screen right there 2016 was when esports espn was launched uh it has since sort of been sunsetted uh but it did definitely have like its little little place right like uh there was a joke going around about deserto wanting to be the espn of esports so then when espn dropped their esports department somebody was like oh look espn is trying to be the esports or the espn of esports Long, long joke. All right, so you're having this conversation. How do you actually get into the industry? Because a lot of people who watch this this podcast are always like, yo, how do we get in? Like, what was somebody, like, an outsider's in into something like this? Yeah, so it's kind of weird because, like, I have – it's not so outside. Uh, my dad had a ton of athletes who invested in energy at the time. Mm. So he kind of had that, like, personal uh connection where originally I, I reached out to people at energy just kind of asking for like advice or like I wanted to learn more about the industry um and I started emailing back with like Brett Lautenbach and Andy Miller and we just kind of like got to talking and then I basically took like three interviews with Brett um at actual I think Blizzard Arena at the time mm. um not really thinking anything of it and then after like the third interview what was that interview like we literally sat in the audience and like watched an Overwatch match. And at the time, I had no idea what was going on. But I knew it was six for six. I knew there was a coach. I knew there were strats. Like that's where my angle, oh, my angle went. <laughs> yeah. Where I was like, I just wanted to know like more about like the players, or not from like a team standpoint or like a fan standpoint. I mean, but more of like the team or like what their season looked like or how much they practiced and like all like what their off season. Like mm-hmm. I was just, in, I was literally just like interested from like i want to work for them in Mm -hmm. a sense you know what i mean so um but yeah we literally watched the match talked and then 
I also lived like 15 minutes away. So it, from it the also, Arena or for, oh. yeah. So it also was like very, very convenient. So when you were at energy, you were mostly working with the San Francisco shock. Then, yeah. yeah. So I worked, I worked from my apartment, but I was tech, I was an account manager. So I worked on like all the sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one time I had to go to the shock house to get a Jersey signed. And I realized they were like three minutes down the street from me, which in LA that's unheard of. Mm-hmm. So I started going over there more and more. So I'd go over there, do what I needed to and leave. And then I kind of started getting like acclimated with the team. And then I was there on the weekends and then I was there on match day. So it was like, it was, then I started working with them more closely, but still doing all my partnership work. Mm. Well, that came in handy for us and we'll get to that part of the story with with optic. Uh, But um, as an account manager, also obviously very involved with the team. How, how did that, Obviously, like a, a lot of them have, uh, like they're from Korea, so they don't speak English. Uh, some did, obviously, uh, and then you had the coach also, who was like the translator. Yeah. Is it was it something that you were just like, I have nothing to do with this. You know, I already did my work. Let me go work on something that I'm passionate about, like seeing if I can help the team. Yeah. Be in that environment of competition. Was that is that how it happened? Or yeah, so it was it was also tough because like uh, like across from like the coaches and the players, only like four of them were fluent in English. Mm-hmm. So it was also, it, and then Chris Chung, the manager, um, he was fluent in both. So he was a huge help with like, and also just being in person with them, it was easy to get my job done. Some of them I had to go through people, but like Sinatra and Super and Moth, I was there hands-on, which mm-hmm. at the time, like like those those players like maybe didn't, weren't so used to posting on social media. So I was also there helping them like executing their deliverables mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, when you started to see sort of the, the, the inner workings of the team, did that was, was that everything you expected it to be because it's competition? Or did you see some similarities but not all the way through from traditional sports? Oh, I loved it. It was so similar. They woke up, they, they ate, and then they had like bod review, and then they scrimmed all day. And then we'd maybe have team dinner, and then some players would kind of like, you know, go do their normal stuff, but some guys stayed around. It was, to me, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some things that are different, but very, very similar. So by this time, you were already friends with uh, with Selena. Mm-hmm. The reason that I'm asking is obviously being friends with somebody that, like, really famous, right? Like, everybody that you work with currently, like, we're internet popular, right? Yeah. Not necessarily a hundred and... How many followers does Selena have on Instagram? Um, well, we'll start with there. Like, how, how did you meet her? Uh, we'll yeah. do a, a brief stop on that and, and you know... Um, so my one of my best friends actually was her <laughs> 314 million followers on Instagram. I have 430,000. So if you guys want to help out, go check it out. First line in the description. <laughs> uh, so this is like the, the, to so people can understand the difference, right? Because there's 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 internet popularity and then there's global popularity. The way that 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 Selena um, Gomez is obviously like. 1800 posts 314 i don't even know that number you know what i mean like that is insane so obviously working not working but being around her like had to have given you a little bit of uh yeah well the the real thing and this is funny because a lot of the a lot of people in optic know her but my best friend Teresa Mm -hmm. mingus um like she worked for selena back Mm -hmm. when i was in college so for me when i was in college Teresa was like in the thick of working for Selena, similar to like how I work with you and Seth and all the, all, all of you guys. So I would just kind of hear things from her and whether I want to admit it or not, I was picking up things mm-hmm. that, you know, how she worked with Selena and 
all that stuff and like how she talked to her, how she presented things to her. Um, uh, and also one thing that was actually really cool that I oftentimes forget about, but one summer when I was off from volleyball, I went on tour with them. Mm. So I stayed with Teresa and Selena on the tour bus. And we went to like four different cities and I kind of saw what it looked like when an artist was on tour and like how they go to a city and sleep and wake up and hair and makeup it? and how she has to meet a fan. Like, I mean, it's crazy, but also in itself, it's similar to sports where, you know, you have something at seven, so you control everything you control leading up to that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Did you ever work uh, with her or on any projects? I mean, aside obviously from the, from the, the show that we'll get to it at some point, but um, no, not really. No, no. And uh, going on tour, is that when you guys sparked the, the, the friendship or how did it, or was it just like a natural thing? They're like, hey, we're just hanging out. She's got a job to do and yeah. I'm just here. Um, well, it also like she's, when I was around Teresa, her and Selena were such close friends that even when they were working, I would go with Teresa to like her Pantene shoes or her Puma shoes. So it was very much like either and even when we were hanging out as friends it was work for selena but i never thought about it like that because mm -hmm. we were just hanging out and yeah, then, yeah yeah that's the best this isn't that what this is yeah like almost on a daily basis no and that's why that's why it's so cool because i remember i'll never forget this we were on tour and we were kind of done like Teresa was done working and um selena wanted to go to the movies and i was like yeah let's go to the movies but Teresa had worked all day so she was like no nah, i'm gonna go back and back then i thought that was crazy i'm like why would you not want to go to the movies yeah, with yeah. her but fast forward now, I'm like, okay, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you want, you want to go home and lay in your hotel bed. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's funny when stuff like that comes full circle. Yeah. Um, all right. So from there, obviously like the relationship develops, then that's when, where, where I was going with that thought, with that thought is like seeing that level of popularity made it easier for you to sort of not be uh, intimidated by the semi-fame that, you know, that, that, that this that this thing does, uh, which yeah. is one of the things that I, from, from the original time that you started working with the Huntsman, um, when, when, uh, when Andy introduced you and he, you know, he said, he's like, Oh, you know, she's, she's friends with this person. And I'm like, Oh, cool. So it's not going to be that, that level of mm -hmm. like, you know, like, you, cause you never know what people's intentions are, right? Yeah. Like some people apply to be a, uh, a social media manager when in reality, all they want is to be an influencer yeah. and you're never going to have a good time, right? Because it's never, you're, you're never gonna have that great of a time if you have like that that additional one, and if you're working on the side and all that, like I, you know, that's that's one thing. Uh, but just expecting something like that to happen just because, like, it it never does, and it, it yeah. so I've seen it. I've I've been doing this for ten years, so like I know what it's like um, from situations like that. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, when when you know when when Andy and I did the deal to to sort of create Huntsman together right um what by that you were already in year one you just finished year one of the Overwatch League right or was it year two I think it was year one yeah so two, 2019 when did that league for OWS 2018 right 100% had to, yeah we're right we're right so um you hear Huntsman uh obviously Call of Duty is a foreign thing because you know you, you like you said you grew up playing sports I didn't play I didn't start playing video games until I was like 26 right so 2017 but the actual matches was okay the inaugural season was 2018 so I started at energy end of season one okay but I didn't I didn't start working with the shock until 2018 so 2018 wait is this saying that 2018 was uh the 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 second year of the league no the inaugural season is 2018 
So that was season one, 2018. 2019 is when you started working. 2019 is, I think, when we did the, the Huntsman deal. So did you, like, how far? Let me ask you this. When did you start and when did I start? In the, in the I was with Energy, I think, for like a year and a half. Already? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I also, for the record, I had no idea yeah. that you guys were coming in. No. Like, I knew about you guys weirdly because I... I did this like thesis paper in college on like video games and like I actually read I don't even know what it's called but that book that Which you one? guys um the New York Times it has like midnight book? scum oh, it has all you guys York on Times the cover so I read that yeah so I kind of knew about you guys mm -hmm. but I didn't like follow any of you guys on Instagram yeah so <laughs> when we started working together and you guys started bringing like Popeyes and Game Fuel and all these things. I was like, oh, from a sponsorship perspective, yeah, yeah and yeah. just the level of like, I I knew you guys were as big as you were. I just didn't know the impact it would have when we all started working together. Yeah, was that because it was crazy? Yeah, yeah. Was it was it like obviously like it's a different vibe because you know sports like anything else is like you're you're gonna see personalities that are different. I think football, basketball are very close in line, but you could argue that baseball isn't as uh, flashy in a way yeah. as football and and, uh, and basketball players are. There are some. Don't get insulted now, but there are some. Oh well, yeah, baseball is my favorite sport. It is. But that's why I love it is because there's so many guys. I love the sport itself, but I also love how there's so many guys who just go out and do their job and then they go home. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're not so, I mean, that's not why I love it, but when you think about the sport and how popular it really is, mm -hmm. it's just, it's like, it's the sport that makes it yeah. what it is. Got it. Yeah, I guess they do. I mean, I guess everybody does it, but them more specifically because of the amount of people that are just sitting on the bench and don't necessarily get the light. Yeah. Uh, and they could, they get to live a normal life, which is fucking super cool in my opinion yeah. we were talking about uh ninja um who was it me and seth were talking about ninja like we were like man that you know being that famous gotta be annoying at some point yeah. you know like obviously like knowing people is dope i, li I love saying hi to people obviously, like, without saying but like in his case the amount of of uh yeah. of it wasn't just like people your age well, not my age but people that are in that age group that 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 like fuck with you it's also like moms who have to take a picture yeah. dads who have to take a yeah. picture lawyers who have to take a picture you know what i mean yeah. so that level like was well and especially him he like walks around with like the blue hair you can always notice him <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah super super tall yeah lo uh blue hair um okay so huntsman comes in, comes in to be we hold a two hour or three how long was a meetup do you remember I don't know. I we think held it, a long ass meetup. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it went on for a while. So we did a a huntsman meetup in it was, Chicago. It was during All Star Weekend. During All Star Weekend, it was freezing. It was so cold. It was so cold, and you took pictures the entire day. You were there. What were you there to do? Like you were just there to like help. I or? was there. I was helping like set up. Mm -hmm. But then once everything started, it was kind of unclear what i needed to do yeah. so i think i guess the camera like it was like okay help help take pictures <laughs> yeah and you just uh, page took pictures for about six hours was it like we were there for a I long time we were there time. for a long time right the so, line was so long so yeah. i feel like we just had to yeah finish the line so page the whole time was like all right your phone all right give me your phone <laughs> i'm like her arms must have been like so swollen by like by the by the end of it um when you saw the green wall in person obviously like you know seeing the numbers is one thing but actually seeing yeah like them in person like it's it's a feeling right like, well that's why it's so crazy because when we started uh i lived in la mm -hmm. so it's like i I was working with you guys, but I wasn't like seeing like the ever as if it is like like it is now, mm -hmm. you know. Especially 
in-person events because that was like the first one and it wasn't even an event mm -hmm. it was just a COVID. meet and greet yeah. yeah um no you went to the minnesota one yeah yeah you went to minnesota i that's when i had covid that's when i was stuck in mm -hmm. in my room for a little bit uh like two days i think matt right you were there too Matt would bring me water and leave them on my door and like <laughs> and like NyQuil and shit. We don't know what it was. We were, oh, we were just going to nuke this thing. Um, but obviously seeing, seeing the Green One part in person, did that did that give you like a, a little bit more of a like, a, oh my God, like this is an actual oh, like yeah. thing. This is like, obviously it was fun because I mean, I had fun. Yeah. No, but that gave me like the, and I'm not saying everything I do has to like go back to sports, but mm -hmm. it's like what I'm so passionate about. So it's like, hey, this is my job. But also I was like, this is, this is elite. Mm -hmm. Like. It, it, like you got like not you guys are so great but mm -hmm. it, it like gave me that like it was awesome cool now obviously showing up to the to the minnesota event the inaugural uh home opener or the inaugural season of the call of duty league uh seeing that in person was what was the difference uh between that crowd and the overwatch crowd I mean, when we had Overwatch matches, we were always at Blizzard mm -hmm. Arena. So, so 200 people. So there was always a fixed, it was like a same seat no matter what team was there. It's not like we went to different um, homestands um, at that time. But the only thing that I could compare it to, which is a testament to like you guys, is Philadelphia, the Grand Finals, which was like filled mm. to the brim. Mm. It was um, the arena where the Sixers played, yeah, yeah. which was pre-packed, but that was a Grand Finals. Mm -hmm. That was like the Finals Finals. So, I mean, it was it's very similar, but it was crazy that it was like the first event. Yeah. All right, give me a second. I'm going to say hello to sponsors, and then we'll be right back. It's the first sponsor this week, none other than upstart and they have been a fan and a friend of the podcast for a very long time so uh thank you to everyone who has been around and uh, has been clicking on those links and using these uh these products uh especially in this case because what is upstart okay it can be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you have high interest debt and sometimes it can be an even harder task to ask for help that's where upstart comes in uh saying goodbye to high interest credit card debt is one of the first steps towards financial independence but the interest month after month can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle with no end in sight and we've all been there seemingly out of nowhere you get hit by an unexpected expense bill when that happens it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down on your shoulders and it's normal to not know where to turn luckily for everyone listening to this podcast, Upstart is here to help. And I'm going to tell you how. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Um, I don't know why I said freedom like that. It's freedom. Uh, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows that you're more than just your credit score. So rather than just looking at your credit score, they also look at your employment, how long you've been at uh, your uh at your job uh, to make it more about what you're able to provide for yourself than what you're able to provide for them. Uh, information provided in your application uh, will be used to find you a smart rate for your loan and you can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000 without impacting your credit score. Don't wait and check out your rate today at upstart.com slash eavesdrop. That's E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P. Uh, that's upstart.com slash eavesdrop. And I'll put the link in the description down below to make it super easy for you to just go there. Go to upstart.com slash eavesdrop. That's U-P-S-T-A-R-T.com slash E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P. 
Next, we have Honey. And look, let me tell you about Honey and how they can save you some money. Maddie here, uh, recording this podcast, always uses it when we get pizza, when we go to Best Buy. He has that plugged in. You know why? Because Matt is a is a not only a tech-savvy individual, but also financially aware okay and whether you feel good about online shopping or not guess what honey manually searching for coupon codes it's a thing of the past i'm gonna do that again so anyway thanks to honey manually searching for coupons for coupon codes is a thing of the past honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best ones that fit your cart uh, how it works? Well, uh, imagine you're shopping in one of your favorite stores online, right? And when you go to the checkout, you hit the uh, the honey button appears. You click that button, and within a couple of seconds, it searches the entire internet for a coupon code that can save you something nice. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop right in front of you, okay? Uh, Honey doesn't just work on the desktop, though. It also works on your iPhone, too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on a bunch of cash. Uh... And by adding it, obviously, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. So certainly appreciate you. I'm going to put the link in the description. Joinhoney.com slash eavesdrop. That is J-O-I-N-H-O-N-E-Y.com slash eavesdrop to get Honey for free and start saving money. And thank you for using it because it shows that you so it shows that you show support to this show also while doing that. All right. Uh, third, we have trade coffee. I love coffee. I'm a coffee drinker. Not as much as I used to, but I do. Uh, what is trade coffee? Well, trade coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay uh, farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Whether your friends call you a coffee snob, as I do Hitch and Blake, or you just know when coffee tastes like really good. That's me, right? Four Splendas, coffee, and a little bit of milk because I'm from Mexico. Café con leche is con leche for a reason. So, because the truth is this, my coffee taste is different than yours. So what this also allows you to do is to try as many options as possible for you to narrow down what is the perfect coffee taste for you. Just answer a couple of questions and you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you and as often as you would like, no gimmicks. Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground, however you brew it, uh, at home. And they guarantee that you'll love your first order or they will replace it for absolutely free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with over 750,000 positive reviews. That is insane. 750,000 people have tried this and have left positive reviews. Think about the other people who had also positive experiences, but they were just like lazy and not, I was one of them. Uh, right now, Trade Coffee is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off of your first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash H3CC. That is more than 40 cups of coffee for free when you get started. Again, that is D-R-I-N-K-T-R-A-D-E.com, H3CC. Uh, to get your first uh, $30 off. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash hex and let trade find you a coffee that you will love. That is D-R-I-N-K-T-R-A-D-E.com, H3ZZ for 30% off. And I'll leave the link in the description to make it super easy for you, okay? For you to go get it. Curology is up next. And you know me. You know I care about me. You don't care about my hair. You don't care about my skin. I'm 42 years old. I gotta be on maintenance, okay? 
maintenance. So, guys, if you want ultra easy skincare that is actually made for your skin, Curology is the way to go. You'll get custom prescription cream made for you by a dermatology provider for your specific goals, whether there's, that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You know what I need help with? My crow's feet. But you know what? They're also scars in a way of how much fun I've had. These only come from smiling. These don't come from being sad. These come from smiling. That's what I need help with. So that's what I would probably focus on if I was to take this test all over again. Uh, get started with Curology just like I did uh, with a free 30-day trial at Curology.com slash H3ZZ. I'll put the link in the description to make it easy. But it's uh, Curology.com slash Hex with a three. Just pay for $5 of shipping and handling. Uh, and it'll be at your doorstep, right? You obviously have to take a test and make sure that you speak with someone to tell them what you want to focus on. But again, that is C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash H3ZZ to start your first 30-day trial for free, and you can cancel anytime. Prescription is obviously subject to consultation. But go ahead, get on the road now. Don't wait until it's too late. If somebody told me in my early 20s that I should start taking care of my skin, do you know how handsome I'd be today? It'd be unfair. I'm kidding. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the podcast with Paige. So again, huge shout out to uh, Upstart Honey, Trade Coffee, and Curology. All right, so... You are living in LA. You're obviously having a blast. You're you're doing your job. You like working. You like you. The, what I noticed about that one event though is like um, that you were there to work. There was no like sitting around. You were like always looking to do stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's the optic vibe, right? Like that's what that's 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 why this is gonna work. Anyway, you're living in LA, right at the time. Yeah. Paige from LA, uh, <laughs> living at the, li- li- living out there at the time. Uh, you're doing your work. Uh, I get lucky and i'm able to get optic back right um and there was obviously like we we had to we i had to make a decision and i you know i spoke about it at length with 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 andy uh andy being super cool obviously like you know understood and then we sort of went our separate ways uh in the transition you know he said hey um uh, in the transition, I don't even know how the conversation was brought up. I think I, I think he said it's like, you know, is there somebody from here that you want to take, or you know, like what what's it look like? And you know, at the time, obviously, like we were both like kind of bummed out about the about the situation. So it it, it wasn't like a hey, who do you want to take? It was more like, all right, like is there yeah. anyone that you want or anything? And I said, I'm like, yeah, I want. I mean, I I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was going to be a possibility, right, to to get people to just come with me. The other thing is, is like I was gonna, I was about to go on a on a on a fundraise by myself, and I had uh, I had an amount of months in my head that I was going to be able to afford to do something like that, right? Um. So, um, when he says, "Yo, like, who do you say?" I was I wasn't really planning on, on saying anything, but I I always knew that you would be like perfect to come with because the players by that time had already gotten so used to you being there, and and like actually like putting in the work that like there's nothing ever missing from them. If they needed something to get done, that I was like, man, we we I, I, we need somebody like that because before you, the only uh, manager that we ever had that the players were like cool with was probably like my brother. Um, we tried Dietrich once. We won a championship with Dietrich actually, a world champ but he was out partying and shit like he didn't have bananas and all that stuff so i'm like all right this is like perfect so i told him i'm like i'm like uh, look you know Paige has been working with the team very closely so like if you're asking me if i would want to take someone i'm like i'll, I'll take Paige, right uh i'll take Paige and i'll, I'll take joe right not an operator um 
So he was like, all right, you know, ask her if she wants to go. Then obviously, like, I won't get in the way, which is super fucking cool of him, obviously, again. Yeah. Um, and I did. What when, when I told you what was happening, before I even asked you to, to come with, what was your first thought when I said, I'm like, yo, we got, this is, this isn't working. No, I'm kidding. It was working, but I mean, I'm saying, I, I there was, was a separation that has happened. Truthfully, I was, like, really bummed. Like, when you first told me, I can't remember, like, what point or what, what even month it was, but, like... I was just super bummed. I was like, dang. So like, I was there for a Mavic shoot and you drove me there and you picked me up to take me to the yeah, airport. Yeah, yeah, So when you, but you had, I think you, when you originally, you told me then, but then like a week prior, you kind of like dropped the news like, hey, mm -hmm. this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, damn, like that sucks. Like, and so when I picked you up from the airport, it's so funny because like that car ride, I feel like there's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of times I would want to come like drive in LA traffic mm. but I, something about that day I was like you know what I need to pick Hex up and I need to bring him to the airport and like that time um kind of like sealed the deal for me because I already knew that I had put so much work in with you guys and I wasn't in person with you guys so once you kind of had told me like hey this is what's going on I knew right away I was like I'm coming I never thought I'd <laughs> move across the country but like the culture that's here and like the people and like the staff and like how you've kind of like, I don't know, like brought everything together from like the talent to like the way we all work, the way, the way like you talk to all of us or like there's not, it's, it's pretty unmatched. So like it, it kind of was Thank very you. easy. I, know, I, I work with cool people. That's like, yeah. as much as I like to take credit, like mostly in jest about the, because of the cool, the funny character that I play for myself, uh, like I, 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 I couldn't do any of this if people weren't cool enough for me to just be like, you know, like awesome, yeah. right? Like to, for me to work for them in a sense. So for somebody who, who doesn't work for Optic and they were asking like a behind the scenes, like how would you describe your work environment? Like what, what like how do you even describe it? Right now? Just in general, because it's not what you've ever done before. I can guarantee that to anyone. Like, what's the work environment here? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like it's fun, and then it's serious, and it's like you never there's you never you never there's never a feeling where you're like unsure of something. Mm -hmm. Like, you can always go to somebody. No one's ever really like if someone's getting on you, you're like nodding your head, like yeah, I know, I did that. Like, mm -hmm. and then but it's, it's it's like the honest vibe where I think it's so fun to work here and like not fun but like it's it's like motivating you know it's not fun it is fun yeah. but you can't just say fun when you're at, at yeah work. you can it's video games it's esports it's competition yeah. it's uh, it's game like a basketball game game sort of seems to be forgotten when we're talking about the industry that we're in yeah. even in, in traditional sports like it's still a game yeah. and it's still fun what and, and i'm only saying that because i just watched uh our our, our valorant team play against the the japanese mm -hmm. team zeta and yeah, at the end, obviously, we ended up winning, and, and, and the Japanese players were, were super sad. But in every single round that they won, they were just having the most fun ever. Yeah. It was like, it was a purity of competition that I saw in that team, yeah. and it made me make a mental note of it to appreciate, like, that sort of that sort of mentality and approach to yeah. they made it far right like it was either going to be them or us like we're on a saturday right before the championship mm -hmm. if they beat us they go into finals right so it's not like they were just having fun like they were yeah. they're serious fucking professionals yeah but at the same time i don't think that they lost less lost track of the fact that it that it was fun right like it, they, they would high five each other and they would smile and they would have fun yeah. um i don't know it's it, it was it was it was weird it was a weirder feeling right um 
So I don't even know where we started. We were talking about the work environment. The work environment, yeah. yeah. So like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with fun, right? But do you work like? Obviously, we went through a fucking tough year, right? As 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 we were when when you came over here, I was on my own, and you did, you 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 had a lot of work on you like a lot of work on you you did player management which can't be easy right I've, you know, obviously picking up taking the players taking nick to <laughs> like get furniture moving nick right like your yeah. brother flew in and helped uh helped uh helped you guys move nick like the the amount of work that you were doing just from a personal level with the, with the players was yeah. awesome but then on top of that you handled all of the sponsorships so it wasn't a moment ever where the, you weren't on a phone call like handling all that stuff what how tough was that year for you i mean honestly looking back on it it was tough but it was it was like it was um it was exhilarating like you would like finish work on like a friday if that if there was nothing going on on the weekend and you were I, it was just fun to look back on all the stuff we did you know what I mean? You so, felt like fulfilled. Yeah, like- and it was different every day. Like where something didn't come in front of us or like me, Matt, or Roger, and we were like freaked out by it. We were like all of, like even you, like we were like, okay, we're going to get this done. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it was stressful. It would have been stressful if I wasn't here. Yeah. So it was like, it was it was good being here. Yeah. I, I we, we all, like when, when we were going through this, like I almost didn't say, it's like, yeah, you have to move. Yeah. Right. But, but when you said it's like, I'll move if I have to, I was like, okay, awesome. Like this is going to work yeah. because this, the, 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 the thing about optic is that it works better if everybody's in the same room mm-hmm. and not necessarily like be like the work's going to get done. Right. Like the, yeah. there's, there's never a day where I'm okay with anyone just sitting around not doing shit. Right. Like there's, but if if you're if you're talented or a player, obviously you can do whatever the fuck you want, right? Yeah. As long as you you show up to content and, and and your practice is good. But aside from that, like no one ever like walks around and sits around and just like does nothing. There's always something to do. Yeah. Um. So immediately when you just like got thrown into the fire and you were sort of like managing the amount of shit that you were managing because it wasn't just those three things, right? Like on top of that, you were also booking everybody's flights. You were also like staying on top of like all this. It was it was a it was a tough year for sure. Yeah. But it just is a testament to one the way that we operate here lean and mean and two the fact that you fucking belong to be here because people would have gave up like people aren't down to do the extra work not necessarily for free but for a bigger picture that isn't just necessarily just work because as much as esports and everything that we do here is a business like you will not be successful in this if there's no passion behind whether it's the competition whether it's the content whether it's the atmosphere whether it's the team like there is a thing that we're all here to sort of grow and that's the opti gaming logo um were you sad when you saw the huntsman sort of logo go away or Cause had you heard, had you had you heard of optic up until that point? Only because from of the book and only part? from that book. Yeah, but like not until I was like maybe my senior year of college. Hmm. I was sad to see it go, but it also at the time was so cool because you were getting like you were getting optic back, and so like even Hitch, I forget when he said it, but he was like, "You haven't been at an event where it's like optic," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah. Because like back then it was Chicago, it were, yeah, it was Chicago Huntsman. So yeah. it technically wasn't optic, yeah. but it, it was. But yeah. yeah, no, I mean the green wall was always there, but there, there was something missing, right? Which yeah. is why it was, it was like this gap. And people, people, some people understand it, but the majority, I don't think, do what like what that what it felt like in here without it, right? And although yeah. I always say it, uh, Huntsman offered a safe refuge for everybody to sort of be under the same roof, um, it was it was not the same. 
And yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. I think I said it to you like a month ago, but I was like, I, I can't imagine knowing you during that time. Mm. Is it was it that you didn't know what I was like with optic? So it was like understanding it and now that i do have or now that we do have it you understand it more well no i understand it i'm just saying you have it back now i can't imagine you not having it oh like yeah yeah, yeah. like knowing not not from like watching your videos but just knowing you personally i can't imagine you not having it it's weird right it's very weird yeah it's, i mean think, think and imagine having to bottle it in to make sure that yeah. everybody's like yo it's cool we're good we're good we're good well even how much like dude like how much like seeing how much stuff like optic you guys have in your house or like mm -hmm. on the whiteboard she's like optic plays like i just can't from like that level it's just it's it's weird mm -hmm. it was a weird time for sure yeah um but we we are here now uh obviously a lot of people want to work and intern and like do this sort of work if 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 we ever did internships for optic which obviously i've never been a big fan of because i want people to get paid to do the stuff but i also wanted to be passionate about the stuff um and there's no there's no better phrase in here than sink or swim right it's yeah. as simple as that you're either gonna last or you're not gonna last and that's and, and that's the motto mm -hmm. um what would you tell somebody who obviously there's a there's a bunch of them right that would like to work here uh what is like a piece of advice about optics specifically that you would give someone Oh man. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think truthfully, like, even if you were like passionate about like one game specifically, like if you were to be an intern at optic, like be willing to do the like non glamorous stuff or like stay here on like a Sunday night and like prepare for the week or like just do things where maybe it's not like something where it can show, but stuff where, you know, you're doing small things to make something larger happen in mm -hmm. two weeks. I think that's like, and it's, it's tough sometimes when you have to like put your head down and work on stuff where maybe someone doesn't know what you're doing or like, you know, you walk around and like, they're like waiting for you to like give an update, but you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have that confidence mm -hmm. to like know you're working for something much larger. What about women? What would you tell women? I mean, I don't know. I, the thing about me though, is it's like, I have, I only have one brother, but it feels like I have a lot more, but like being here and like with like all the guys in optic, they're literally like. I can, I can like joke with them. Like I could joke with my brother. Like I haven't really had that feeling of like, oh, I'm the only female in here. Mm -hmm. But like when I take a step back and I'm like, oh, wow. Like that is kind of like, it's not crazy, but yeah. it is just not the norm. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, again, just like coming into a situation, knowing that like, no matter what it is in front of you, you can get it done yeah. um, with all that other stuff off the table. I think you're going to be fine. Cool. Obviously, experiencing our major here at home. I didn't. Oh, cause you, cause your <laughs> foot. Holy fuck! So you had, wait. So you weren't there for the drums no, and shit. Not, no. Holy shit! Yeah, I know Paige. it's really weird. Oh my god, you missed out. Were you fucking sad? Oh yeah. Sitting on your couch with your foot up. But the only thing that made it better was I was on pain meds. On pain meds. <laughs> so I slept a lot. <laughs> cause like I. It, they did a really good job like like rambo and like i wasn't in all the team group chats mm -hmm. so it wasn't like i had that fomo feel mm -hmm. where like i watched the matches yeah and then i was like okay i'm gonna oh ice, my i'm gonna God. ice Why? my foot yeah you're, you're around so much that i forgot that you weren't there i know that's the other thing i think that you should re you should tell people is like do all that work but do it like we're out of the way you know what I mean? What like do you mean? Just like do, just get it. Don't, don't, don't be like, yeah, I did this, and, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. get in the way of like, you know what I mean? 
yeah. which is something that a lot of people like don't get right like it's it's just they they immediately think that they're going to be in the vlogs with the, the camera's going to be on top of them and like this this that and the other um all right so you weren't there that's right you had your thing how did you break your foot so for everybody that doesn't know i walked out of the hex quarters and i was walking to lunch with roger and shay and i made it about 32 steps and like on my whatever step i just slipped on ice black and, ice and then you landed i mean it's hard to say because i was walking so yeah. it's not like i caught air and flipped yeah, like, yeah, yeah i just was walking and then my right leg went in and then my body came down and so it pushed my foot the other way and oh. i i basically like wishboned my bottom of my leg mm -hmm. then now uh, what do you have in there but i have like a bunch of metal like, metal i have like a big pin with like screws going through it so you're not sorry you, like what's like therapy like and like how soon are you gonna be able to like walk i can normal? put a shoe on on like may 4th yeah so right now i'm just like trying to get my mobility back mm -hmm. so i can put weight on it yeah but like i can't move my foot around as i definitely can't run for like four more months though yeah when we were when we were uh making not fun of you but fun of the situation yeah. like on twitter with like the foot it was like look on page oh no that was good that was good right a lot of people were like that's so mean like why are you doing no, that? I, that the thing is is i was already like i remember we had such a long day that day like we were gonna go to lunch and like talk about something and i remember just getting hurt and it just like took my whole day away um but no, even Rambo texted me that morning and was like, hey, I think we should cancel content. The weather's bad. And I had already broke my foot. And I was like, yo, man, all good. Yeah. I just broke my leg. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was, I mean, it was crazy. But uh, all the, like, it's crazy because everyone from like, like you to like, dashy like everyone was like checking on me. And yeah. I was like, that's, that's dope. Yeah. And then, and then, and then what happened? And then you're like, all right, that's enough. I'm like, I'm good. Like, stop fucking asking. How yeah, I'm doing. well, now it's like, it's nice, but like, I just, I already don't like when people like, at, like make things about me. So it was like, once the injury kind of like, it was nice, but I was like, okay. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Yeah. Noted. You guys care. Cool. Um, so if, if obviously eSports, if your dad and you never had the conversation where he's like, yo, you know, eSports is going to be on this ESPN app one day. Like, what do you think that you'd be doing right now? Like, what, what, what's the ideal dream job for you? I mean, obviously this one, but. I don't know. I honestly, pro I was about to go work for the Lakers. Not about to. I had to interview. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be working in like a base my ultimate goal is like i want to own a sports team mm -hmm. whatever that looks like so i know there's like a ton of stuff before that um but probably staying in sports what do you think owning a team means like what what's what what about owning a team like obviously that's some boss ass shit like yeah I'm, I'm gonna help you i mean i just love like dynasty teams like teams that like year after year maybe they maybe they don't make the playoffs one year the next year they're like still in that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I don't know, just like the players to the staff to like how things are done. Like I, I think like from an ownership, like the front house of like a baseball team, I think mm -hmm. everything works. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just interested in like all of that. Is that what you're so willing to do just about everything and every part of the business that, that, yeah. that, that we're operating here? And I guess this is like good training for that, right? Yeah, because well, if I, I knew it was a good fit because if I was only supposed to talk to players every single day or only supposed to talk to sponsors, I'd be like, this isn't it. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to I 
tap into other departments and yeah. crossover and help someone one day. You know what I mean? Like it's I like that. What what kind of what kind of team? Like what's ideal ideal team? Like sport? So yeah. Would you say you want to own a team? What like in what a team in what? I think like three years ago, I probably would have said baseball mm -hmm. or basketball, but now the opportunities are endless. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, any yeah, sport. Yeah, of course. I think it would just, it would, it would determine like, like if you and like Seth or like two of my friends from LA and another friend from like whatever were like, yo, let's go in on this team. I'd look at all of you guys around me and be like, okay, no matter what this team is, we're going to make it successful. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like. It, having like the right people around you, I think makes number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you learned? Let's let's start with what is your favorite moment of optic thus far, and then we'll we'll go into like what have you learned about op like the green wall optic and the whole universe of optic. But we'll start like so far your favorite optic moment, and it could include in include Hunts Huntsman. Like favorite moment. Just in general, like the, where you were like, man, I I fucking love being here. I really like that you trusted me to get Dashi's visa. Okay. Looking back on that, I was like, why did he trust me? Not trust me, but like, it was a very important thing. And like, that is something that I look back on where I was like, that's tight. Like we did that. I was like, man, I can't do it. <laughs> right. Well, it was cool because it was something like now when, when we need help with stuff or like, I'm not. I know I have like experience to fall back on that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is true because now you, and you didn't just do it for Dashi, right? Like you got uh, Josefo's uh, visa yeah. stuff too. So, so you did that too, right? Like you were like, the, yeah, the, that was, that was really fun. Um, my favorite moment though. That was fun. Like being on a phone call, like chasing down papers with the pressure of like, Hey, Dashi. I mean, no, it was, it was cool. And I didn't know Dashi mm -hmm. and I don't know. Um, but that was like a favorite, I guess, like weird like work moment yeah. um the fact that her favorite moment was like working is like i thought she was gonna be like oh shit we were doing this. <laughs> you guys were doing content this one time so we got to go somewhere and that shit was fun she's like no man it was cool that i was like stressed out of my mind like trying to get this shit done i know i'm trying to think what's my favorite optic moment um i don't know i freaking would say the major i keep wanting to say the major but yeah. i wasn't there um Honestly, probably like going, finally going to events mm -hmm. and like hearing the green wall. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's dope. Yeah. When, when did that happen? Um, well, I guess, I guess Minnesota counts, right? Because it's, it was super. Minnesota, but also like at USC last for champs. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. that's dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. The league, obviously, uh, there's there's 12 teams. There is structure here. There's structure in Overwatch. How do you did, did you envision the inside operations of a league to be the way that they are right now, or like what did you envision from that? Because oftentimes, like you imagine this job to be like this one thing, and you, if you were to tell me, fucking call it a decade ago when I first started, you know, to to do full time optic, if you were to tell me that in 10 years your job is literally going to be to stay on the phone and be on the phone and try to get as many people together as possible to do one thing i would have been like that's work like talking is work yeah and you know obviously there's a little bit of more to it than that but like i would have been like that's that's great how, how can that be work right yeah um obviously with with the league and the way it's structured like is that has that been like a shock to you or is that like is that what you envisioned it's kind of what i envisioned yeah 
it also helped that like the same league worked across Overwatch and Call of Duty, you know, at the time. Mm-hmm. But it it it, it kind of was what I expected. So when when you said they were that you were that you were probably that you were going to apply to the Lakers, what job was that for? Was it for marketing and, and PR? Oh, I stuff? didn't. I had no idea. I was just trying to get my foot in the door. I was even going to try to apply for um, like stance socks because they were the official sock of the MLB and NBA. So I was like, maybe I can come in like that angle. So you were like from from the beginning, you're like trying to figure out how to hustle yeah. your way in there. That's that's cool. Um, but I mean, it's not like I like did anything like hustle worthy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just was like, I know they're the sock. Like I'll try to go in that way. Yeah. When when you were when you when you said I'll move to Texas if I have to, did you realize like what you were saying? Because no. like you have all your you know what I mean. Like it's a big fucking move. You know it was, it was crazy. But he, I love it because every time, either like, my siblings or my family comes out here, there's no question. Like they get it. They get what? Or like even when you had like the Pine Park launch mm-hmm. and like, a bunch of my friends came to that, and then even after Selena invited a bunch of like everyone to go to the nice guy like everyone was like okay we get why you moved you why? know what i mean yeah. like because because like you guys and like like the, just the culture and like we're the people. special so yeah. we just say it yeah <laughs> but no it is it is pretty crazy like everything happened so fast and i knew i wanted to do it and i'm not very like impulsive mm-hmm. but like i've never lived out of california before yeah um or, or as far away from your siblings yeah you guys are super, super tight. Yeah. So that had to have been like a decision. What did they say to you when you when you were like, hey, I'm going to go do this over here? They were like, oh, wow, really? But like they they didn't ever question it. Like my, even my sister was like, I'll ride with you. Yeah, yeah, Um, But it was like the aftermath where like I'd be like talking to my dad and he's like, yeah, Blake really misses you. And I'm yeah. like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Blake being your brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as you guys were driving your sister uh, uh, and you across the United States from Los Angeles to here, at any point in that long drive, were you like, man, like this is like, there's no turning back now, like? No, I, I mean, I never had that feeling. Also, like while I was driving out here, me and me and my sister would switch spots, mm-hmm. and like, I would, I would still be like making sure, like having players like tweet stuff, so it didn't feel like. Mm. maybe if they were to say like no and do something abrupt then yeah. i'd be like oh crap cold yeah, feet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no yeah. i didn't have those feelings obviously in the in the thickest of of times when i was saying i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> were you ever like oh shit that doesn't no <laughs> no yeah i do i do say that a lot but i just say it because it's funny um where do you see and i i, I never asked this question just simply because it's like such a weird question but like you being here and being so ingrained with within like this group like where do you see or where would you like to see us go next like if we're gonna do something what would you like to see i mean if you were if if all of this was in la it'd be a perfect story yeah because then i'd have like my family down the street all my friends um but i don't know i mean I, i i would like to see like like it branch out to be in like different, like more like, like a footprint in different cities, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's tough because like you can't be everywhere. Like maniac can't be everywhere. And like so much of that is why mm-hmm. this is so great is because we're all together. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, uh, that brings me to another question. When you said maniac, I'm like, if, if you were to count the amount of players that 
live here and content creators that live here that call you and, and need shit from you on a daily basis does that ever get like too much or is that something that you're just like hey it's like something i gotta do because it's no. a lot like I, I i know what it's like because i was that person yeah right and i would have never entrusted anyone with that job to be so close to the players if they weren't gonna be here for a long time it's just like not the way that i operate yeah. so does it ever get too too much like no, I, I never I ask right no i love it and I almost get offended for players who don't ask me for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, mm. yeah. Is it was it me? Because it's like I'm here to do. I'm here to work. Yeah. So it's like if you're doing something and you need something, it's not like you're asking me to go do something. Mm -hmm. And it's like I get offended by it. Like yeah. I want to make you. Yeah, I want to make your life easier. Yeah. Whether well, you have a match or whether you have content, like I want to help out. Luckily for you, then uh, none of these guys are ever gonna be like, "Is she working right now on something?" They're always gonna be like, "Paige, we fucking need this shit." Yeah. Um, you're you're like the Swiss Army knife, like Maddie. Maddie's like a perfect Swiss Army knife of yeah. like he just does everything. Um, if you if you played and you also set up setups, like you'd be like Matt. Well, I told Matt that I will I'll pay him. To teach, teach you how, how to, to set up how stuff. How to do all that? Hey, did she? Don't teach. Don't teach her, man. She's got. <laughs> she's got enough. Enough uh, to do. Um, all right. Any any closer comments? Did we cover something? Did we not cover something that you wanted to talk about, or is there something that you'd like to to say? I know. And, and thank you, obviously, for coming on because I know it's like you don't like to do this thing, but I also didn't have a guest this week, and I'm like, yo, I, I knew that I was gonna have you at some point, uh, and I'm like. Paige is like the only I left know. in the hex quarters that hasn't done one. It's good that Matt asked me like the night before because if I would have known about this, I would have been like, what can I plan to kind of... No, but this was great. I mean, it's it's been like so fun working with you guys yeah. and everyone here that... Um, Obviously, you, you you've seen the quality, right, of uh of of the of the cooking show that you guys do, and it's on HBO Max, right? Obviously, like, and you're, I mean, she's not getting paid for us to promote here. We're not promoting the the show, but you should watch the show. Um, when when you who, who was it? Somebody was with you at Target, and some girl recognized you. Say, hey, are you Paige? Yeah, but I don't. So I was with my dad, and we did like the self checkout, mm -hmm. and I had started walking out. So I didn't see it. Mm. So my dad is the one who told me, which I didn't believe him for a while. But um, yeah, someone recognized me from the cooking show. Yeah, and it took me. It took him like a day and a half to finally convince me yeah, <laughs> that they, someone they, actually, they actually did that. Did it. Uh, I mean, it's viewed by a lot of people, right? It's three seasons, and if I, if there's one thing I know about fucking HBO is that they get rid of shows, good or not, whether or not the audience is there. Like 100 yeah. percent. Rome, Deadwood, How to Make It in America. Need <laughs> I continue HBO? Um, so obviously, seeing seeing that level of uh, of production as, as I was saying earlier, like in the production that we do here with this with the you know tiny little group that we do, I think they could do the same. Yeah, I actually sent Matt a picture of like last weekend. I was home for Easter and I was I saw the set mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm going to tell my kids Matt Craig built this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so you're not going to be in in this season because of your foot, unfortunately. Yeah. What had so what was the thing? Just in, well, no, I mean it's just I like I wasn't walking for so long that like they plan ahead and it just it didn't make sense because mm -hmm. like last year you let me fly home. Mm -hmm. Um and this year was unprecedented times. <laughs> yes, it was. And yeah. to top that off, you added a foot being broken to it. Yeah. No, exactly. That's why it was so insane. Well, Paige, thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for hopping on the podcast. Uh, everybody, her information will be in the description down below. Uh, don't overwhelm her, okay? Please, because you know we don't need her running away. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Unless you have any closing comments that you'd like to say? No, I mean thank you. I, I this sounds so weird, but like 
thank you for giving me the opportunity. And I think that like uh, a lot of times it's, it's hard getting into the job you like and not having to like find your way up. But mm -hmm. like, this is like in a way my dream job without knowing about it. You know no, what I mean? I do. So it's, it's dope. I do. And thank yeah. you for saying that. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Thanks so much to the sponsors, Opstart Honey, Trade Coffee, and Curology uh, for sponsoring the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. I think Castro from uh, our, our, our good boy Castro is going to be coming to the studio to say hello. And uh, Scump and I will be doing the podcast very soon here. Episode 100, who knows? Who knows when I can get the Dynasty team back? Who knows? We'll see you guys later. Goodbye.